0: Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you're listening. This is the Tingless Podcast, and today, it's the 29th of October when I'm recording this, so, yeah, that's good. Um, What a great day to start podcasting again. It's been a while, I've got a cold, I've got a cough, it's a damned annoyance. Uh, For those of you who don't know me, my name is Tingless, I am... Well, what am I? I am a podcaster, live broadcaster, lighting engineer, IT technical sport person, and general just person on the internet, is what you could call me. Um, for those of you who don't, obviously have never, have never listened before, this is the Tingless Podcast, this is the first episode, what a good place to start, episode 1, and... Um, quick introduction is going to be, we're going to talk about current affairs, scientific news, just about anything that pops into my head, uh, for about half an hour. Now, filling half an hour with me talking is bloody difficult, trust me. Um, This is going to be available on iTunes, and hopefully, if I get the approval, on the Google Play Store as well. I don't even know if Google Play do uh, podcasts, but I know iTunes do, and we're going to go for that. The reason this is all going on, it's part of my EPQ. I am a student, well, not student, I'm a sixth form student, um, sixth form student, and as part of my second year, I have chosen to do an EPQ. An EPQ is an extended project qualification. Qualification? Yeah, let's go with that. And uh, in that entails me basically making something. It's either a product, which is what I've chosen to do, and a 2,000-word report, or a 5,000-word dissertation. I'm lazy, so I decided I would do a product and a 2,000-word report instead of a 5,000-word report on something. Um, so, I have, I have a fond interest in current affairs in many different areas. Um... And, yeah, I just thought that this would be brilliant. My chance to voice my opinions um, on the internet, I suppose. That's the idea. Uh, If the audio quality is rubbish, then I'm sorry, but, you know, I don't have a new mic yet. I should be getting one fairly soon, and at that point, audio quality will probably go sky high and I will run out of bandwidth. But, for the time being... Let's get into some uh, current affairs and some social news and all that good stuff. Um, So yeah, uh, in the news this week we have, uh, and trust me my sources are varied, so we have um, theweek.co.uk which is my normal place for acquiring the news um, in the UK. Obviously I'm UK based so... It's going to be slightly biased towards the UK. Uh, I will talk about current affairs all over the world. But you know. You can only talk about so much. Um, So. Number one. We have a military covenant. Is failing to protect injured vets. So. When we talk about this. um, I am opinionated in this. I don't know why. I just am. I am like. A 17, 18 year old guy uh in the UK, I care about um our veterans, uh be they from the World War or otherwise, uh Afghanistan, all that good stuff. Good stuff, talking about war? Ridiculous. Um and it's it's it, it's more a fact of of pride really. Um I don't know why, I just uh, you know you know how it is? I'm guessing you don't, but it's complicated. So, this story is that um, military veterans, veteran, veterans, god, my speech is all over the shop today, military veterans are not being provided with the healthcare services that they were promised by the government. So, the thing is, when you join up to one of the armed forces, you normally... Um, it, there's normally something that says well, if you become a veteran, we will provide such and such to you. It's normally free dental, which you already get in the UK, and um, extended healthcare. Uh, which, again, is not is free in the UK thanks to the NHS. However, vets get it um, not so much priority, but they get more. Um, so, it's like, the idea is that the government have lied, well, not lied, um... They're not fulfilling their promise, which is something that government seem to be very good at in this day and age, is not fulfilling promises. Um, so, yeah, there's apparently um, these vets are not getting the medical attention and care that they were promised by the government. Um, so, Obviously, the Armed Forces Covenant, uh, which is a par- uh, is partly enshrined in law in the Armed Forces Act of 2011, thank you, um, states that veterans injured in service should receive priority treatment from the NHS. Commitment involves an obligation for life and says that the commitment and sacrifices made by veterans should be properly recognised in the support they receive. So in that, they are actually saying, well, look, these vets have given they're all for their country they've defended their country or they've gone out into a war zone and they've been injured they deserve priority care which yes i agree with i'm all for that um thing is government are not putting that forward they're not fulfilling that promise as it were which is um wrong really it's as it says it's an obligation for life it's a commitment made by both the veteran and the government. So surely it should be upheld by the government. You'd think so, but this is the government we're talking about, so you never know. Uh yes, I just clapped. Whew. I peaked. Um so yeah. It's it, it it's annoying if if anything. It's it's more annoying than anything else. The fact that these people these people uh these men and women who have gone overseas they have fought overseas and they have come back injured and they're not receiving the health care priority that they deserve that to me is a little bit wrong i might be alone on this and if i am alone then so be it However, I'm guessing that I'm not alone on this, being as though it's all over the news. So, it's the thing is, this has been going on for a long time. So, since 2001, almost 1,300 service personnel have been medically discharged for multiple uh, musculoskeletal disorders, which includes loss of limbs or problems with ligaments and joints. So, those are normally incurred uh, during tours tours of duty so that is if if they lose a limb or they have an issue with their muscles or their skeleton um then they get discharged they're medically discharged from the services which is fine that's perfectly normal you can't expect someone with a, with only half of a half of their body to be serving on the front line um the wrong thing is that the, these people have to jump through hoops um to get the, the health care they deserve. So Simon Brown is a, cor- or was a corporal in the army for more than 10 years, was medically discharged after being was shot in the face by a sniper in 2006. Bear in mind, this is eight years ago, 2006, and he has still not had all the surgery he requires. Eight years is a long time to be receiving surgery. Brown does not blame the staff, though. But the system itself, which he says involves long processes and lots and lots of jumping through hoops. Now, jumping through hoops is something that we British people do very, very well, or we seem to do very, very well because we get told to do it all the flipping time. Um. So, yeah. <laughs> he insists this, this Simon Brown, this corporal, insists that better treatment would mean veterans could remain productive members of society. So. That is saying that because these people are not receiving the treatment they deserve, they cannot be a productive member of society. So they, they they, can't serve their society. They've served in the military, which is fine, but they still, when they come out, they should be able to do something. They should be able to go out, get a job, and be productive in society, whereas the fact that they're not receiving the treatment they deserve is impeding that. It's saying to them, no, you can't do this. You're not loud. You haven't had your treatment. You can't. We haven't got enough time to give you you all your treatment. We can't. We can't obviously have you working, which is wrong. It's it's still wrong. Um, So yeah, a a Ministry of Defence spokesman, who obviously is employed by the Ministry of Defence to to talk to the press, has worked uh, hard to ensure. That our serving personnel, veterans, and families have the support that they, uh, that they are that they need and are treated with the dignity they deserve. So, this says to me that they are trying to do something. However, I don't think they are. Well, I do think they are. They always do. But the fact that it's taken eight years for this. Uh, Simon Brown to receive even, I don't know how much of his treatment or his surgery, but he's not received all of it after eight years. And apparently the government is working hard. It's like, it, it, it makes you question the government, and I'm not here to tell you to question your government, or to question your armed forces and all that all that malarkey. I'm not here to say that. However... Um, the fact that it's taken eight years for this bloke to get even to get his treatment and it's still not finished is, to me, ridiculous, and that's my opinion. I'm I'm entitled to opinion. You're entitled to opinion. Um, if you wish to talk on this subject, um, I will be available on Twitter at uh, the Tingless Podcast at the Tingless Podcast, um, and that will be linked in the description of this podcast. Um, when it goes live on iTunes. So, that's my 10 minute rant. I can't believe I've managed to fill like 11 minutes of me ranting, basically, about the government not fulfilling what they've said they would fulfill. Every so often you'll hear a click in the background. That's just me moving my mouse. Um, Okay, we've got more military news. Argentina are saying the UK should remove all troops from the Falkland Islands, and they have said that there is absolutely no chance for uh, another invasion from the mainland. Claims special Se- secretary for the Falklands. So Argentina has called on Britain to wind down its military operations on the Falklands, insisting that they will not invade the islands. This is following the invasion that occurred in the nineties. In the nineties, no, in the eighties. I will get it right. So, um. This again, I'm I'm very opinionated on this because my father was a Royal Marine commander. He 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 was down in the Falklands in the eighties. Um, he was on the Sir Galahad when it got hit by a hit by a torpedo, and um, for that reason, I feel very strongly about Argentina themselves saying, "Oh, the UK should remove all their troops uh, from the Falklands." I know it's been 30 years or thereabouts since the Falklands conflict, Um, but it's still wrong for for a country that invaded a territory, be it 30 years ago or 10 years ago or 5 years ago, for them to then be saying, oh, the UK shouldn't remove all troops. Mmm, why what the, the question isn't so much yeah sure we'll do it it's 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 why do they want us to uh and and in that respect i well i don't see the reason we have the falklands um but i know it's one of our territories and we're not going to give it up um so yeah I I don't know, I don't know, yeah, tensions apparently rose and resurfaced in the region two years ago, back in 2012 when Prince William was deployed to the islands and the UK sent a new warship, the HMS Dauntless, provoking anger in Argentina. Last year, Falklands Residents voted to remain part of Britain in a referendum. So. If you think Scottish referendum, where they decided to stay part of the UK, think the same thing, but it happened down in the Falklands. The Falklands residents, in their own will, um, voted to remain part of Britain in a referendum. Now, if they'd voted no, if they'd voted, oh no, we don't want to be part of Britain anymore, then that would have been fine. We would have shifted out, we would have shifted out, left them alone, and that would be the end of it. However, the Falklands Islands people themselves voted and said, no, we want to be part of the UK. We want to be part of Britain. Which is fine, but... Yeah. The fact that there's a base there which houses 1,200 military personnel and costs £90 million a year to maintain... (sighs) Right. So, here's the thing. Um... So, we have down in the Falklands, rapier surface-to-air missiles, Royal Navy ships, and RAF Typhoon jets and support aircraft, which is perfectly fine. We have a base down there, it's to be expected we have military hardware down there. However, Argentina are planning to acquire 24 new Saab Griffin, oh, Gripen fighter bombers, which has been its first major purchase of new military aircraft since the Falklands War. And apparently these new aircraft will be more than a match for Britain's present defenses in and around the Falkland Islands. So that does sound as though Argentina are gearing up to invade once again, which is yes. Um it's 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 wrong that they Argentina are saying, Oh, you should shift at uh, all of your all of your um troops from from the Falklands and then for Argentina to go out and buy or plan to buy twenty four new fighter bombers, um, is wrong. It's it's wrong in my opinion. It's wrong. Uh, but again, opinion. I'm allowed opinions. You're allowed opinions. We're all allowed opinions. And um, yeah. Again, if you want to contact me about it, please feel free to contact me. Um. At the Tingles Podcast on Twitter, which will be uh, down below in 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 the description for this podcast. <sighs> right, shifting to scientific news. Well, it's not really scientific news, but you know. So you may have heard about this: um, a cargo rocket, cargo rocket, uh, carrying supplies for astronauts on the ISS, the International Space Station, bursts into flames seconds after launch. So an unmanned NASA supply rocket exploded during liftoff from a commercial launch pad in Virginia last night. Now this was written on the 29th, it so was, it was written today. It was written to, on the date of recording. So this this rocket exploded um, at 6.35 local time on the Tuesday, so this was recorded on Wednesday. This, was, this occurred on Tuesday the 28th of October uh, at 6.35 local time in Virginia. This rocket um, exploded on launch, and it contained more than two tons of supplies for six astronauts aboard the ISS, as well as a number of experiments and some classified equipment. Which is fine. Which is fine. However, the fact that this thing's exploded still brings into question the idea of commercial, um, commercial rocketry and commercial probes going up to the ISS. This was a commercial uh uh well not a commercial rocket it was a it was a NASA supply rocket launching from a commercial launch pad in Virginia. This was at the mid- atlantic regional spaceport in wallops Island, Virginia um, so <sighs> the rocket was an Antares. Which is not built by Boeing, it's not built by McDonnell Douglas, it's not built by any of the major American military contractors, which is what normally occurs. Uh, the Space Shuttle, for example, I believe was a Boeing design, and the um, X 47 uh, unmanned spacecraft that was in orbit for two years and uh, came down about a week or so ago is a Boeing design. So, this, 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 um, rocket which was built by Orbital Systems, um, confirmed that no one had been injured during the incident and that damage appeared to be limited to the facilities, which is, again, fine, because it's an unmanned spacecraft, there's no one on board, there's no risk to life. If there was a person on board, or people on board of this, uh, craft, then there would be a whole lot more, um, information surrounding this, however, it was an unmanned, uh, unmanned, um, supply uh, rocket and henceforth it's not such a big issue. It just means that they're going to have to send up some supplies a bit quicker for the next one, which is just is just fine. Uh, it would appear um, that the the company do not know what occurred to to induce this uh, combustion, this explosion of the Cygnus craft, the Antares rocket. Um, which 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 does raise the question, why has it been outsourced almost? why has rocketry been outsourced to companies outside of NASA? well, NASA's not a company NASA's an administration. Why has it been outsourced to companies that have no prior expert well they have prior experience because they design orbital systems but no prior <sighs> no prior funding, no prior research, nothing like that, they're a generally unknown company, they may have done this before, however, they're now under the spotlight because one of their crafts, which was carrying equipment up to the ISS, exploded on launch, and, again, it's 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 interesting to see because this is just down to further outsourcing of, of, um, of technologies, and technology outsourcing is is good, yes, um, in some aspects, but again it's bad because it means that you're getting companies such as Orbital Systems, um, are, are, are making making spacecraft and they do go wrong, I mean it's something that always happens with spacecraft, uh, you, you have experimental phases, I don't know if there's an experimental craft that they were testing out or that they were sending up to see if it would work, but... For certain something went wrong, they just don't know what went wrong. Um so that's that's all the news I've got from the week. Um the week website. And now we shift click 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 over to tech radar. So one of the things I am, other than being a generally a heavily opinionated person, is I am a tech nerd. I am an absolute nerd. That's why I'm doing a bleeding podcast with my EPQ. Um, and and my intention is to bring you some of the news from around the world, but also to bring you some of the latest tech news. So news is that uh, there's a couple of new uh, bits and pieces going around. There's uh, reviews being done on some of the uh, latest stuff, uh, some of the um, uh, new technologies. The iPhone 6, for example, is under the spotlight after, uh, after the um, fuss with the iPhone 6 Plus being the bend gate phenomenon, uh, which I find hilarious because it's physically bend gate is, is, is something that was bound to happen. You're taking a device, making it as thin as humanly possible, and only having it made out of very lightweight aluminium. It's going to bend. Aluminium, being an engineering student as well as an IT student, a forensic science student, all that jazz. Um, I do material science in engineering, and I know um, from personal experience of machining aluminium that it machines and it bends really, really easy, especially when you get it really, really thin, like the casing for the iPhone 6+. Plus. And I know what you're saying. Oh, it it shouldn't be able to bend. It's it's a piece of technology. It should be um, strong and firm. It's like, yeah, but should it? You're trying to make a phone thinner and thinner and thinner, but your own. But you're using relatively weak materials to make it. It's gonna bend. It's gonna bend. And and you you look to uh, a comparison. A comparison. Something I saw. Um was a comparison between the iPhone 6 plus uh, bend test, which obviously it bent, um, and when they tried to bend it back it cracked the screen, which is to be expected, you're you're adding extreme stress to a piece of glass at the front of a mobile device that's already been bent at shape. So yeah, you're going to get a crack and you're eventually going to get broken glass. However, compare that to something like the Samsung Alpha, the Samsung Galaxy Alpha, or the Samsung Galaxy S3 even, or the S5 um, or the S4 or whatever it was um, they can bend it, but it springs immediately back. It springs back, which is because yes, Samsung handsets may not be made of sleek aluminium and they may not be amazing, they may feel slightly tacky because of the plastic on the back, but that plastic and that plastic framework around it, and the relatively thick in comparison to, say, the iPhone 6 plus uh, casing that's made out of aluminium, uh, the thickness of, of the main support inside of a Samsung Galaxy, for example, is very, very thick. And hence, it's strong. It's very strong. That's why it springs back when you bend it. So, the fact that iPhone six plus was bought out. It was a big craze because oh, it's a huge iPhone. It's 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 really really thin. Well, what do you get when you get huge surface area and a thin, relatively thin device made of relatively weak material? You're going to get stress, and that stress, that compressional torsional stress, is going to Keep trying, because people were putting this into their front pockets on jeans, and fairly tight jeans at like that, or onto trousers um, that fit tight around the leg. And what happens when you sit down in a pair of jeans? They, 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 they crinkle up. They crinkle up. And it bends. The fabric bends, which is fine, because it's fabric. It's supposed to. However, if you've got a device in there that's not strong, it's going to bend. That's the thing, because... They went away from... I I know people didn't like it, but I use it. Um, the iPhone 4, the 4S, the 5 and the 5S, um, even the 5C kind of, had these metal bezels around the edges. So, they went away from the curved back of the iPhone 3G or 3GS and they went to metal. Metal bands, basically, around the outside and, and it was like a like a sandwich, basically. You now, plastic one side, plastic the other side, and a metal band in the middle and buttons and stuff on that metal band. Which is great for strength, because it's a rigid thing, it's it's queer, it's kind of blocky, but, you know, if you've got it in a case, you don't really notice. I use an iPhone uh, iPhone 4S every day, it's my phone. Um, and, yeah, it's just a question of, if you're moving away from a, from something that you know is strong, so... I don't have one but my, my dad does, my dad um, has the iPhone 5S, or five whatever they called it, iPhone 5S, and that is ridiculously strong because it's got that metal band around the edge, and because it's got that metal band around the edge, it's strong, it's 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 good, it's strong, it's good aluminium that they're using, it's aluminium, but it's good aluminium, it's strong aluminium, it's like um just under aircraft grade I believe. Um, and it's really, really strong and tough, and it can take a good knock, it can take a good bend. Whereas you're then shifting back to something like the iPhone six plus, or the six, where they're removing that extra bezel. They're removing, they're totally reshaping it, they're coming back to the to to the um curved backs and the in, the, the there's there's no real seam between the back of the case and the side of the case. And and that in itself adds weakness to the case because you've got nothing there there's no there's no material there it's just very thin aluminium if you do, if you look online at some of the teardowns of the iPhone 6 and the iPhone 6 plus you can see it's a very very thin casing very thin outer, outer shell and the fact that people were surprised that exposing and putting a device such as the iPhone Six Plus through its paces and putting it in people's pockets, and I know you should be able to put an iPhone or a, a device in your pocket and not have it bend, but the fact that people did that and their devices bent in their pockets, and you know, it's just it raises questions around Apple and their design choice. I know it looks really good, but it's not strong. It's not strong, as is shown by the Bendgate, um conspiracy. So, well, again, if you have opinions on this, contact me on Twitter, at Project. I'll be um, putting a link down in the description of this podcast. And um, I hope you will join me next week, uh, next Wednesday, or whenever you listen to this. uh, The recordings are done on a Wednesday, probably uploaded by Thursday, and um, social media should be getting hold of them by Friday. That's the plan. And I just hope you really enjoy it. This is the first one I've done. I've dabbled in live broadcasting. I've never done just podcast talk shows, basically, before. And um, I hope you enjoy, basically. If you do have anything you want me to talk about, contact me on Twitter um, at the Tinglest Project, uh, Tinglest Podcast. Uh, the Tinglest Project is my caster account, which is my live broadcasting account. Which um, again, I will let you know if I plan to do any live shows. Um, but uh, for now, that is my half hour up. I thank you for listening so intently. I'm not sure if you've listened all the way through, but if you have, um, live tweet with Bendgate. Let's go with that, okay? So tweet me, um, hashtag Bendgate on Twitter, if you have listened all the way through, and uh, I'll catch you next time. Cheery bye.